Good morning, everybody. Please stand as we worship this morning. And I'm just glad you're here today. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll do our welcoming time today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, to worship you and to uh, read your word and to preach your word. And, and in all things, God, we worship you today. We love you. We thank you. Be with our, our brothers and sisters that are traveling today that are out of state on vacation and just let them have a good time and be safe. And uh, Lord, just uh, what an exciting day to come and worship you. Thank you for the beautiful weather that we have. And uh, God, in all things, I'm just excited to be here, and we love you. In your name I pray, amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning and welcome everybody.
You may be seated this morning. Got a couple of announcements I want to go over real quick with you today. Uh, no discipleship this afternoon, uh, guys. No discipleship this afternoon at 4.30. But we do have a special evening service tonight at 6 o'clock. So at 6 o'clock tonight, the kids are going to be competing at Bible Drill. So this is Associational Bible Drill. If you have, uh, if you've ever, if you've never came to Bible Drill... Come tonight and watch these kids. They've been learning 25 verses, 10 key passages, and they have to know all of their books of the Bible in order. They're going to be competing tonight. How many kids total? We can have, we have 10? 8 to 10 tonight, you think? So 11. So we got 11 kids tonight. They're going to be competing uh, in Bible drill. And so if you've never come, please come tonight uh, and watch that. Uh, it, it's really, really, really good. Um, also, uh, today after the morning service, we will have a business meeting. So if you can, stick around for a few minutes today after the morning service uh, for business meeting. Uh, it will we'll take about 10 minutes uh, in between service and when business meetings start. So uh, please do that. Uh, what else do we have uh, going on here? Sunday, May 1st, which is next Sunday. We're going to have Senior Sunday, our graduating seniors, next Sunday. If you still have uh, pictures that you need to send the team... Please send the media team the pictures uh, if you have a senior uh, to media team at crossbridgechurch.net. And then after the morning service, they have lunch, having lunch uh, for, senior, for the seniors, senior lunch. Uh, and then also uh, next Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock, college kids, young adult class, the college uh, and career young adult class is leaving at 3 o'clock from here at the church. 3 o'clock and going to Springfield. We're going to have dinner that night. I think we're going to go to Big Shot Golf or something. It'll be fun. So an outing, we'll have a lesson, the whole nine yards. So come. Uh, if you haven't signed up, it's okay. No, Just show up. 3 o'clock, we're going to take the church bus next Sunday afternoon. A couple other things. Um, May 7th is becoming a very, very, very busy day. May 7th is, yeah, just a whole lot going on. That morning, we have the Choices Pregnancy Center Walk for Life at 8 a.m. So uh, we're going to get more details out next week about that. But come uh, to the fairgrounds at 8 o'clock on on May 1st. We always have a Crossbridge team. We raise money for Choices Pregnancy Center. Uh, Then that day, from 1 to 4 at the park, we have our outreach going on. So, Mike, you still need volunteer positions? Why do I keep putting 1 to 4? It's 3 to 6, my bad. I need to change my notes here, Mike. 3 to 6, that afternoon at the park. If you show up at 1, it's all good. But if you <laughs> just hang out a couple hours. Mike, you need volunteers. Okay. And we'll probably have some nights that week where we'll go pass out flyers for that event, share the gospel with people. I know we're going to have a prayer tent set up. We're going to have a table set up where uh, we're going to be sharing the gospel with people. That's the whole point of doing this, is getting the gospel out to a lost uh, and dying world. And so uh, it, it, please mark your calendar. I know with graduation, there's a lot of senior parties and there's a lot of stuff going on. But if you can come that afternoon from 3 to 6, uh, please do so. Softball uh, team... 
at, at, our manager is managing that softball team really good because they're they're three and zero. And hey, listen, yeah, they're three and zero right now, and they play tomorrow night at eight fifteen. And just because you're a church member, don't mean he won't put you on the bench. I'm telling you, he's all over it right now. <laughs> right, Tommy? He's all over it. So at eight fifteen p.m. Tomorrow night, softball uh, team play, so come out and watch them. Okay, some ladies' events we have coming up. This Tuesday, uh, ladies, at Mom's Cafe, 8.30 a.m. for breakfast. Uh, 8.30 a.m. this Tuesday at Mom's Cafe. And then Friday, May 13th, the ladies are leaving at 8.30 a.m. from here at the church and going to Rosewood Farms and Baker Creek. Is that in... In, in Mansfield? Mansfield, okay. And going to Baker Creek in Mansfield is a, a day outing for them. Give me a report. How They just got back from your women's weekend on Saturday. How'd it go? Good, good. Well, I'm glad the ladies went on that. That's good. Hey, last thing this morning on announcements. We love supporting our police department, our fire department. The fire department is needs volunteers. If, if, you're, if you're interested in volunteering for the fire department, I thought they were sending a representative today to church. Did he come today? No, that's okay. Uh, I can plug it. If you, need, uh, if you would like to volunteer for our local fire department, there's forms right outside on the table there uh, that they left anything today i think we're good i forget anything announcements okay so uh uh let's let's stand this morning we'll take up our morning offering and have prayer thank you guys for filling in for wes this morning wes has kind of been a scratchy throat so i'm thankful for them filling in this morning on worship team let's bless our morning offering today have our worship time before we jump into god's word together Lord Jesus, again, we just come to you, Lord, uh, thankful for what you uh, are doing and thankful for the outreaches and ministries that we have uh, that are taking place at this church. And Lord, I'm thankful for our members and, and everyone coming today. And Lord, as we enter our time of worship, we lift our voices, our hearts to you, God, in, in praise and thanks for who you are and what you did for us on the cross and, and the grave. Thank you for our services last weekend uh, and, and what happened there. And so, Lord, as we give back to you, take this and use it to further your kingdom Use it to share the gospel all over in a local setting and around the world. And in all things, God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
All right, before, uh, before the kids go down to Children's Church this morning, before we read scripture, I, I've been asked, um, there's a, a, a special a child that's, and I want to mention three this morning. We've got a lot of kids that are getting attacked with illness right now. Um, and one is Tammy's grandson, Harrison. I'm going to pray for him. Hudson just had surgery again this week um, on, a, on a, a port that was infected. He's going through cancer treatment. And I was just told about a, uh, a young lady that's uh, in third grade uh, that's going to be having a major heart surgery this week. So I want to pray for those kids right now before the kids go downstairs to Children's Church. We're going to do that right now even before we read any scripture. So let's pray for them this morning. Lord Jesus, we just come to you this morning and and thankful and joyous in our hearts for being able to be here today. And uh, Lord, we live in a world of sickness and pain and death and sin. And, uh, and, and Lord, all this tragedy came into the world uh, because of, of sin. And so Lord, I, I, I just want to, we can come to you boldly. And I want to come to you boldly right now, uh, Lord, and pray uh, for Harrison this morning and his health problems. He has an appointment Tuesday. And Lord, I, I, I pray for healing for, for that young man. I pray, uh, Lord, that... You give the doctors wisdom and discernment to treat him and heal him. And, and Lord, just work a miraculous miracle in his life that it's, it's going to be a testimony to his family uh, that you have worked in it. And I also pray, Lord, for Hudson this morning, uh, God, that that young man has endured so much over the last few months. And Lord, I pray for his family, for his mother and father. Lord, that you give them strength and encourage them and, and let them know that people are praying for him. And uh, Lord, that I, I'm thankful he's gotten better this week, but I just want to lift him up to you again, that he's, he's not getting to enjoy life right now like a little young man should. And so, Lord, I pray for him. I pray for healing for him. And Lord, I don't know this young lady by name that's going to have heart surgery this week, but you do. You know her and you know her family. And uh, Lord, you know everything and you know the outcome. And Lord, so I pray for her uh, in the surgery that you give her peace of mind and the doctors and uh, Lord, in all things, God, we can boldly come before you, and we believe, Lord, that you can heal people. And so, Lord, I pray for that this morning for these, these young kids. Uh, Lord, there's nothing more innocent that we as a church shouldn't be crying out and on our knees for than our children. And so, Lord, I, I do that this morning. In all things, God, we love you, and I thank you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. All right, our kids can go downstairs. Uh, let's read scripture together. Let's honor God's word, if you would. Please remain standing for just a couple of more minutes to mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 16. I have three passages up there. I'm just going to read the first one for now. We'll get to the other two uh, here in a little bit. It's Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. It says this, then he said to them, go into, the, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, I, I come to you this morning uh, in prayer, and I thank you for your word today. And Lord, uh, you gave us as the church some commands after your resurrection. And Lord, I'm going to talk about those today, and I, I pray that we take them to heart. That we don't just think of the universal church in these, and when we go through these, that we think of each of us individually. As we are, uh, Lord, a temple for you living in us. Lord, and so I pray this morning that we take these serious, we look at them, and you have us on a mission. And Lord, I pray that we're fulfilling that, not only as a church body, but in our individual lives. And in all things, God, we can only do this through you. And so I pray to you this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
So last week we obviously wrapped up Resurrection Morning and Resurrection Day and Easter. Uh, it, it Amazing week. I, I loved uh, how, uh, how many people we got to reach last week. And we had uh, people making professions of faith in Christ. And just uh, we got baptisms to do the last week in, in May at the river. So I'm excited for that. Uh, but I told you I was going to preach through April about Jesus and his resurrection. And I'm finishing that up today. Uh, and, and what I want to talk about is after his resurrection, Jesus gave the church some commands. He gave us some commands, and, and he, he told the disciples to go and do this. Well, we are also disciples of Jesus. We aren't originally the 12, obviously, but these, these apply to the church today. These apply to you, uh, and they are foundational. These commands are foundational for our mission as a church our mission that God has laid before us. And let me say this morning, because you are part of God's church, they are part of your mission too. This is foundational for what we should be doing. And the first one is, is here uh, in Mark 16, 15, and 16. And this is my first point. It says, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Now I want to break that down just a little bit. Uh, this, this is considered the Great Commission. Uh, it's Mark's take on the Great Commission. We're going to read Matthew's a little bit later on, but this is how the book of Mark reads this. I want to break this down. The first thing it's, it, it, that Jesus tells them is they have to go into the world. So their mission is to go into the world. That means they have to be physically present in the world to fulfill this command. What he didn't tell the disciples to do is to, they, now that they have this message of what the gospel is, to go hole up in, the, in a basement somewhere. He said, you got to go out into the world where the people are. So we as the church have to go out into the world. We have to go into the world. We should be an active presence in our community. As Christians, we should be very active in the world. We have to be an active presence in the world. Now, what does that look like when, we, when we're an active presence in the world? Well, let's turn over a couple of books to Matthew chapter 5. And Jesus tells us what it should look like. It's in verses 13 through 16. He's preaching the Sermon on the Mount here. And this is what he says. In verse 13, chapter 5, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So we're supposed to be the light of the world. Christ shining out of us when we go into the world, that is the light of the world. And you can only do that by being active with the gospel in your community. You, it, obviously, the number one, I'm going to talk about this, but the number one place that we should be sharing the gospel, the first place is in our homes with our children. We should be the light in our homes for our children and, and, and all of our family. But then when you, God has you all, has me in a position where at my job throughout the week, we all have to work and make money and support our families, pay the mortgage, right? Well, he has you there for a reason. He has you there to be a light, to be a light for him. 
We have to be in the world being a light that people can look through. And what happens? Look, what happens when, when you pull out the curtains in the morning and the light shines into the room? What do you see? Dust, right? That's sin. We, you see sin. We should, when we're walking, people should look at the light of Christ and see their sinfulness in their life and, and want to get it out of their life. Because what do you want to do with the, the dust when you see it? You clean it up. You want to get the room clean. That's being a light in the world. We can't do that by just holing up in our little community or just being, being by ourselves. We have to get out into the world. And wherever we are, wherever our jobs, wherever God has us put, we have to be the light. So to go into the world. That doesn't mean that you become a part of the world. We talked about that. We'll be getting back into, into the book of 1 John. It doesn't mean that the world changes you. The whole point Jesus makes is be salt and light and don't lose your flavor. Go in and be salty. Be the light. Don't let the world extinguish it. Be the influence. You know, one, I, I believe with all my heart, one of the reasons why our country is such a mess right now is because the American church and true Christians have not been a light in the world. And if we would be, we probably wouldn't have the issues we have right now. So we have to take this serious. We have to take this serious. Now, when we're in the world, what do we do? We don't preach anything else but what? The gospel. It's the gospel that changes people. What's the gospel? Scripture lays it out, and you guys know this, probably very familiar, but it's in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, is what we should be sharing. It is the gospel. It says, Now I want to make clear for you, my brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you've taken your stand, and by which you are being saved if you hold to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I passed on to you as most important that what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. That Jesus came and died for sin. He put the sin on himself. He put our sin on himself on the cross. And that he rose again and defeated death. That's the message that we have to share. That's the gospel message that we have to go into the world and share. Listen, that gospel is unchanging. It's not my opinion. It's not my opinion. It's not your opinion. That is the gospel. And the gospel is going to be offensive to a lost and dying world. When you pull the shades back and you see the dust, the dust doesn't like it because it knows that mama's going to get out the dust rag and clean up the dust, right? And it's going to be eliminated. That Or dad, let me rephrase that, sometimes. She's saying, no, not ever. <laughs> this is what it is. Sometimes you preach yourself out, guys, I guess. I don't know. But listen, that's, that message is offensive. The gospel is offensive to those who are dying. Why is it offensive? Because, I mean, I want multiple ways to get to heaven. I think that you can have multiple ways. No, it's not. It's only through Jesus. The gospel is offensive to a lost and dying world. Scripture tells us that. 1 Peter 2, 7 and 8 says that. So the honor is for who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word and were destined to do. 
Why? They stumble because they disobey God's word. Because it's offensive. The gospel is offensive. But it doesn't mean that we don't share the truth. It doesn't mean that you ignore the truth. The gospel is very offensive to a lost and dying world. Why is it really offensive? Because we love to justify ourselves. You know what Jesus never did? You find it, go through scripture. He never preached a watered down gospel. He never watered it down. It just was what it was. He preached the gospel and that was it. So listen, when somebody asks you about sin, will you really think that I'm going to die and go to hell? Well, if you don't believe in Jesus, yes. That's the truth. You share the truth about sin, about death, about hell, and also about the victory that we have over that through Christ. And you can have hope. That's the gospel. Listen, why is that the most important thing? Because without the gospel of Jesus, there's no salvation. There's nothing without that. Listen, you know what? It also says in 1 Thessalonians that we've been entrusted with the gospel. That's amazing. It says in verse, chapter 2, verse 4 in 1 Thessalonians, it says, But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. Not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. Listen, when you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you're a believer in him, you've now been entrusted with the gospel, a ministry of reconciliation. That how men are reconciled to God. That is a mission that we have to have. You've been entrusted with it. I, I, I want to read you a parable that Jesus spoke. Jesus spoke a lot about parables. And, the, and all of Jesus' parables, a lot of people think, well, they're talking about this, or he's talking about that. And this is probably one of the most misunderstood parables, but it's found in Matthew chapter 25. I want to read, it's a lot of verses, but I want to read it to you. It's called the parable of the talents. And it's not about investing money wisely, okay? It's about using the gospel message. That Jesus has given us. It's about salvation. It's about the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. It's a lot of verses, but I want to read it. I want you to think. Let the Holy Spirit work on you as we're reading this. It says, For it is just like a man about to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. Do you hear that word again? Entrusted. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one talent, depending on each one's ability. But then he went on a journey. He then went on a journey. Immediately the man who had received five talents went and put them to work and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached presented five more and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have earned five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man who had two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I've earned two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge over many things. Share your master's joy. The man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. 
His master replied to him, you evil, lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I hadn't sown and gather where I hadn't scattered. Then you should have deposited my money with the bankers and, and when I would receive my money back with interest when I return. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have more enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Listen to me this morning. This is about kingdom. This is about heaven and hell. This is about salvation and the gospel message. Jesus spoke in these parables and they're always about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is here is illustrating the tragedy of wasting the gospel message that he's given you. Jesus demands faithfulness from his servants. Those who were faithful, Jesus explains, will be fruitful. Those who are his true followers will take the message and use it and further the kingdom. And people will be saved. Now here is the hard question on this. It's a hard question. We have been entrusted with this gospel message. You have been entrusted with this gospel message. Are you being faithful with that message? Are you being faithful with that message? Or have the things of the world crowded that out? Listen, I just made an announcement about what we have going on May 7th, didn't I? I sure did. Listen, there's one thing that I'm going to be doing at this, this whole deal. I've kind of changed my format a little bit on... Because I want to go and be able to have conversations with people about Jesus, right? That's the whole goal. When I go to an outreach, we need people to cook food. I, we need all of that. And, you, and that's support of sharing the gospel, right? So I'm setting up a table. I already talked to our elders about it. I've told Mike about it. I'm setting up a table. I'm going to have my girls get some poster board and write on that poster board. Take the test. Are you a good person? I'm going to go to uh, Sonic or Dairy Queen and buy a whole bunch of $5 gift cards. I'm going to say, if you take my test, I'm going to give you a $5 gift card. Come here and sit down. And I hope I have people lined up around the block so I can share the gospel with them. That's the whole point. Listen, you say, well, I don't really know how to do that. Then you park it right next to me when we're at that table and we can, I can help you. Listen, that's why I'm being serious. That's the mission of the church. That's just not, I'm just saying, I want to do that. Well, you're the preacher, you should want to do that. No, all of us are entrusted with the gospel message, not just me. It's everybody, everybody. When we go to these outreaches, my prayer one day is to look out and see people in chairs with individuals all over the park sharing the gospel with them. Then you know you're having a successful outreach. Not about how many meals we feed. Now, how many little, little kiddos jump inside the bounce house? It's about how much the gospel gets out there. Because we're entrusted with that. Because I believe, guys, I believe everybody, if I ask you to raise your hands, that all of us one day want to hear when we stand before Jesus, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's what he's talking about. Enter the joy of your master. Listen, we have to be a church that goes into the world Sharing the gospel. We have to. Because I'm telling you, if we don't, nobody's going to. It just won't happen. And for too long, let's say this again. For too long, the church hasn't done that. And that's why you see the debauchery and the evil that you see out there. I don't blame lost people. 
Listen, I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to write this down. This will be the quote from the sermon. I don't blame lost people for acting like lost people. I blame Christians for not acting like Christians. Second point. I'm just getting started. Second point. It says in Acts, Acts 1.8, You will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The second one is being witnesses for Jesus to the ends of the earth. That's a second point. That's a second command. Let's break this down again. What's a witness? It's a person who sees an event. This is, Google it. This is what it says. When you Google it, this is what it says. A person who sees an event. The noun definition is have knowledge of an event from a personal observation or experience. Hmm, where do you think I'm going? Raise your hand this morning if you have a personal observation or experience of God working in your life in salvation. There's my brothers and sisters. We have a personal testimony, right? You have a personal testimony. Guess what that makes you? A witness. You're a witness of what God has done in your life. John describes this in the book of 1 John. Flip over there. It's how he starts the book of 1 John. What we preach through. 1 John 1, 1 through 3. This is how he starts the book. The Bible drawers are already there. 1 John 1, 1 through 3. It's a small book, guys, towards the back. When, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed, and what we have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That life was revealed, that we have seen it, and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Wow, what is that? It's a witness. Is I've seen it. I've seen it happen in my life. He's done this in my life. He saved me. He's worked in my life. That's your witness. That is being a witness. When we have experienced all those hands that shot up, when we have experienced new life in Christ, we now have an account of his love and his forgiveness and his mercy and how it changed us. And if we don't, cha- if we don't share that, then, oh man, did you really have the experience? Go back to the parable I just read. It's being a witness. Listen, one thing I love about the service on Saturday night, Mike, is, is the, the testimony, our ministry. That they do testimonies. I love hearing the stories of the amazing, amazing things that God has done with Mike Simons. Where's Parker? Uh, Parker, I'm glad you're here this morning. You guys, Parker got married in South Dakota. And Parker's here this morning. Stand up with the new wife, Parker. Go ahead. Yeah, this young couple. I'm embarrassing them. All right. But guess what? His daddy is going to be here next week. I didn't tell you that. Mike Stell and Kim are going to be here next week. I love Mike Stell's testimony. I love it. I love Mike Simons' testimony. They're amazing, right? But listen to me this morning. Here's the point. Here's the point. If you are in Christ this morning, you also have an amazing testimony of what God has done in your life, and you have to share that. That, that anybody, it don't matter your background, if he has saved you, 
you have, you have to share that. The theme of this witness, the theme is not Mike Simons. The theme is not Mike Estelle. The theme is not Jeff. The theme is Jesus. That's the theme. And it's the only theme. And it's the only way. And that's what we have to share. The power of that, of our witness, is what? It's the Holy Spirit. The power in that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit transforms our lives. And when we are witnessing, now I want to use the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to spend time in prayer about that. And you know what else I'm going to do? Let my light shine before men by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to share that witness. Now what makes that witness valid? Well, okay. Does my testimony line up with God's word? Because if my testimony doesn't line up with God's word, throw it in the trash can because it's not real. It has to be truth in the testimony. Now the second thing is if my testimony is valid, it's going to show in how I live my life. It's going to show on how I live my life. Philippians 2, 14 and 16, through 16 says this. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. What does he say? Your actions should be different than those of the world. We shouldn't be grumpy and complaining and live in our lives. We should be blameless and pure, shining in a crooked and perverse generation. Who's that sound like? Paul dealt with it. Church of Philippi dealt with it then. We're dealing with it today. A crooked and perverse generation. Our lives should be different. If you're living a life like the world, you don't have a valid testimony. So don't share it. Don't share it. But if you're living like God has saved you because he has saved you and your life is different, you have to share that. We live our lives in such a way that people see Jesus shining through. We witness to others to know the scripture. We, we, we have to know the scripture when we witness. That's the other thing. 1 Peter 3, 13 through 16 says, be able to give a defense for the hope that is in you. I should be able to give a defense for the hope that I have in Jesus. Our answer when we're out being a witness, when we're out being a witness, when somebody says, well, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, I believe. I, I believe in Jesus. Well, why? 